Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Salutations and welcome to yet another episode of Idol Worship, starring yours truly, the inevitable, inevitable Robert J. Kajewski. Definitely inevitable. You're going to hear me for two more episodes after this. At least. Thankfully, this is only five episodes. Oh, thank God. And I'm flanked, nay, abutted by my contrapuntal and contrarian co-host. Norton. Norton. Now we're in the tertiary episode. Uh, Let's now hold off and give our scores at the end. At this point, yeah, we don't really have a format too much. But um, to start off this episode, where did we end off the last episode? Uh, so the last episode ends with uh, what's his face asking to move in, and she's Pedros. like, "I'd love that." Yep. And so this one picks up basically the next Tedros. day. Yeah. Tetros. Well, because is it I, Tedros or Tetros? See, I don't know. It's I, I heard it's Tedros, but the thing is, I always say Tedros because I'm used to the Spanish pronunciation. Pronunci- pronunciation. Pronunciation. Oh, uh, that's all right. Uh, there it goes. I, I have my IMDb open if you want. Oh, okay. No, it's T E D R O S. Tedros. Okay. I, well, Tedros. Anyway, uh, with Tedros. Yeah, he does kind of ingratiate himself, and by ingratiate, I mean just more, more or less force himself in. Yeah, on so the premises this episode is a lot more about uh, Tedros taking the reins and establishing yeah. himself as a hundred uh, percent douche. Yeah. Uh, so we have Leah becoming panicked by the fact that Tedros has quote unquote forced them to go shopping. Yeah. Uh, has made himself head of household. Yeah. Has basically coerced. Uh, Jocelyn Joss. into firing Andros, uh, I think his name is the cook. Uh, and, uh Andres, Andres, or, or Andres, and, 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 I thought and it was Andros or some shit like that. I have it written down, Andres, or yeah, yeah A N D R E S. Okay, Andreas or Andres, but Andres. Uh, he apparently, because I was trying to figure out from the scene itself when Andres uh, was. Feeling up Joss, obviously he's saying these very pointed things in terms of her body, calling her tight. He used the word tight. Use the word uh, very, or the words very good. Mm. Now Tedros is clearly it's not even like it's a character trait that needs to be explored. He puts it front and center that he's very jealous. He wants everybody out that's not his people. Basically, yeah. And Brazilian Andres. Yeah, Andres. Andres. it gets the boot. He gets the boot from Tedros because he's feeling on his girl. Yeah. Now, the one thing is the stakes are supposed to be raised high at the very beginning of the episode. Because Joss talks to... Joss, by the way, played by Lily Rose Depp. Uh, she talks to... Or no, not uh, Joss. Um, because at some point early on in the episode, Tedros is like, let's go shopping. It's like, I want to go shopping. So yeah, had, that's that's basically how the episode starts. It's more or less, he wakes yeah. her up as like, we're going shopping. I did notice, I don't think, it's just a little aside, um, the way they shot her getting up. She was like on her side and everything. They're going on a visual cue musically. Uh, there's a album called This Is Hardcore from Pulp. Now, the thing is that it looks very similar to the shot, but I don't, I'm, I'd be giving this way too much credit if I was to say that they're injecting visual Easter eggs into it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised Especially if it's musically, mm-hmm. like if, if it's a musical Easter egg, it kind of makes sense that they would do that. I've never seen vinyl. I would like to compare this to vinyl. Um, vinyl, I don't know if that was Showtime or HBO. I think show, uh, Showtime, because I didn't get to watch okay. it. Okay, because I know that um, it was That was uh, Bobby Cannavales. By Bobby Cannavale. Um, but I want to say it was produced by Scorsese. Really? It's produced by somebody that was kind of like, you wouldn't really think to put their hand into TV. Um, but I heard good things about it. I'd just like to compare because they oh, both yeah, deal vinyl with the supposed to be amazing. sliminess of the music industry. Yeah. And we've seen enough music shows. We've seen uh, the country one. Which one was that? Nashville? Nashville. Which tried to expose the greasy underbelly of the music industry. 
Um, I'm sure pretty certain that there was like another music. I mean, music, the industry itself is rife with stories to tell, to get out yeah, to an audience. If you pay attention to, uh, at some point, Tedros uh, confronts the gay best friend. And so those are the people. Oh, no, no, yeah. I was just looking at three. That's all. Uh, yeah. Mick Jagger's apparently in there. Mick Jagger's big. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. Scorsese. Yeah. But anyway, um, Tetros at some point asks the uh, the gay guy, like, hey, what's up with the music industry? Like, why does everyone only make what they hate? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a... For a show that's not very good in general, it does occasionally hit the mark here and there. And I what think would be, in your estimation, hitting the mark? This this particular conversation, to me, works because I think it's a good critique of everything that's wrong in the entertainment industry as a, as a, as a whole. Mm. Because if you think about it, the problem with a lot of big-budget movies, the, probably the problem in the music industry, too, especially pop music, mm. is that you don't let creative people do what they do best. Yeah. You let a bunch of higher-up execs who are worried about hitting all the different demographics work and like get their fingers in and i think this applies more to movies than it does to music personally Mm. but i could see where music would definitely have this problem as well yeah but i think it's a good critique on the music industry and a good sort of call out this isn't the show that's good enough to do it no i think if they have a line like that in vinyl at any point i would take it with much more seriousness and be like oh they really know what they're talking about you would think. as opposed to this one where it's like oh hey look one of the monkeys wrote a line from shakespeare yeah that's true <laughs> i mean now that we're headed off to rodeo it starts really it started okay the episode within the first couple of minutes all right so then we head on to shopping rodeo oh well, don't Drive. Forget. We also have head in the car. Well, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Um, so Leo's driving. Leo, played by Rachel Senat. Senat. S E N N O T T. I remember that because I had to remember it when I was doing the articles for yeah. this. So that name stuck in my head. Um, I actually kind of like her in this episode. She's all right, but uh, she's driving. She's driving this nice bomb ass. I assume it's Ted Ross's uh, Lincoln. Like it's a lowrider oh, Lincoln. Yeah. His Red Shoe Diary car. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, every time this car is on scene and doesn't yeah. play the Red Shoe Diary song, I kind of feel cheated. You feel I'm like, like you, you set me up for the beginning of a weekend video and then you didn't follow through. You haven't gotten your money's worth like, if you don't Like, where is my Red Shoe Diaries theme? But uh, Joss, yes. Joss gets head in the car on um, the back seat. As la- to me, again, I get what they're going for. Take your first drink now. But it's just not edgy. It's not clever. It's stupid. And the whole thing is that I'm not saying that the character should be exempt from something like that. Nobody should. At the same time, I think that um, just it's because the scene was written horribly. It just didn't give me anything outside of they're trying to be edgy. Yeah, this show doesn't really handle sex well. They they no. kind of use sex as a, look at me, I'm so cool and edgy and, and provocative. Yeah. And it's like, no, if it doesn't feel organic, it's not going to work. No, this I mean, is... Yeah, it's there, great, but... Every single time Tedros is on scene, it's like, oh, God. I really... I'm just kind of counting the minutes for him to just, you know, go off and do anything else. I preface this by saying, and I've said it before. Aside from masturbating, you really don't need that. Is with Tedros or Abel Tesfaye, who plays The Weeknd. Tesfaye. Tesfaye. Um, I like The Weeknd. I like Abel. Well, I don't know Abel. I know The Weeknd. Mm -hmm. By the way, we do, um, towards the end of the episode, get a new Weeknd song. Surprise, surprise. But this whole thing is probably just like a... It's a weekend... It's just an extended weekend music video. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a a pep Like, he's going to turn around at the end of this thing and be like, ah, I got you. I'm back to being the weekend. Because wasn't he the one that, like, he kind of punked everybody by coming to that one award show with, like, a black eye or some shit? That was his his persona for the album. His whole persona was, I think, uh, he just got out of a car accident or something. So he always looked bloody. Because I want to say his... When he performed at the Super Bowl... Yeah. Uh, I think he was all fucked up. And, and he looks like he had, like, prosthetics and shit. Yeah. So he's doing art art, um, art pop, I guess, or mm. art R&B or whatever. That's fine. I have no problem with that. avant-garde? Avant- it's not a, exactly avant-garde. I would consider 
I'm trying to think. Uh, Sparks would be more avant-garde than anything else, or art rock. But no, I mean, I, I think he's trying to be a bit more on the creative side with what he does as The weekend, or what he used to do as The weekend. The weekend's dead. Uh, and he's injecting that into this, which is fine. It's just not interesting. It's soulless. I'd hate to say it, but that's the worst thing I could say about this series so far. It's soulless. And it's coming from Barry Levinson's son. Barry Levinson created Diner, which is one, uh, to me, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's a seminal movie, created, he did, uh, or not created. Um, never heard of it. He directed Wag the Dog, which is an amazing film. I know that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that does explain some things. But his son went out into Hollywood, created Euphoria, and then said... Oh, right. This is the same guy who does Euphoria. Yeah, I forgot. Well, I mean, that does explain a lot, too. It explains a lot, but the thing is that it's... It's like a horny 14-year-old made this show. That's Yeah, that's what it and feels like. And the same with Euphoria. This, I mean, from what I've seen with Euphoria, it seems like it has a bit more substance. This has no absolutely no substance. Maybe that's why it's only five episodes. I, again, five episodes is far too many. Agreed. But uh, so on the way there, they, Joss gets head. They stop off on, at Rodeo Drive. They stop off at Valentino's. Um, apparently, there are throngs of fans there already waiting, so somebody might have gotten a tip off that. According to. Did they say it? So, Leah, when she's on the phone doing her panic call to yeah. uh, Haim and the other lady, Death, Divine? Destiny? Destiny. Destiny. Uh, she says she thinks that. Who I played, sorry, by the way. Um, Haim is played by Hank Azaria. Still love the guy. I like him a little bit more this episode. And Destiny is played by Divine uh, Joy Randolph. That's why I think it's Divine. Yeah, I'm getting both the names. D names. Up. Yeah, it doesn't help. Anyway, uh, yeah, when she's on the phone, she mentions that she thinks Tes- Tetros is the one that called uh, the the paparazzi. That makes sense because they were there I can waiting. See that. For I can them. see that. So he's like. Um, I mean, the one thing that I get out of this entire episode is that, yeah, he's making manager moves. He's really trying to push everybody out, starting with um, Andres or whatever. And the other thing is, and I wrote it somewhere down here, is that especially with the firing of this, I assume he's either a nutritionist or something. He's like a personal chef, I believe. Yeah, because uh, he said he came from a family of gastrointestinal doctors. doctors. Yep. Um that was kind of a funny line, though. What? Where he was like, oh, my friend's a gynecologist, but you don't see me oh, sticking yeah. my <laughs> No, I mean, it was an all right line. The one line that I did like, uh, we're kind of going where you were starting to go. Oops. Wow. <laughs> all takes. Aw, saw that happening. Apologies for these sound people. Um, I just dropped that. There's a little thing that you left out. I don't know how big it is, but um, we see the return of... Uh, Finkelstein, uh, Eli Roth's character, the Live Nation representative, and he had a joke because he wants to cancel the tour. He thinks that everything's shit right now, it's not going to get any better, so cut losses before it just turns into something bigger. And his IBS is flaring up. Oh, yeah. And he has a joke where he says, like, my ass is bleeding more than, like, a kid on Epstein Island or some shit like that, which I'm like, I'm like, that's a good joke. I I thought it was cute. Uh, some of the jokes that they have are good, but the ones that are good are the ones that are going to make people gasp, obviously. Mm. Um, but it's, to me, right. I mean, if you try too hard, you will occasionally hit the mark. Yeah, occasionally, yeah. Speaking of talking about controversy and getting people talking. Uh, so what, uh, I'm going to ask Norton, what happens in Valentino's? All right. So in Valentino's, uh, Tedros is picking out a bunch of outfits. Also, I will apologize in advance. It's probably going to oscillate between me calling him Tedros and Tetros. It's just That's all right. Happen. It doesn't really. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Care. He's not I a real person and nobody cares. But I'm just care. saying that in case some people out there are like, why does she keep doing it? It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Uh, if there's people out there asking why is she why is she still doing it, I'm going to ask you why are you still watching. <laughs> it's hate watching, yeah. which I don't believe in anyway. I'm doing this for the sake of the podcast. Well, no, not you. I'm I'm talking about the audience. If they're listening to this, I mean, this is more entertaining, dare I say, than the show. uh, 100%. 100%. But anyway, while they're in Valentino, Tedros is picking out outfits for Joss, uh, you know. And at one point, while she's running around getting outfits, he turns to the salesman who is helping them. Yeah. And... 
I'm not going to say vaguely threatens him because he very much threatens him. Uh, he basically, like, you know, decides to uh, display his dominance and call yeah. the man out because he feels like the guy is looking at his girl. Uh, well, she's and, trying on uh, shoes. And the guy, I mean, you could stare ahead, but if they're trying on shoes and if you want to be the most help, you'll probably say, like, those look too small, those look too big, just as your regular job. I mean, let's also not forget that Joss is not really great at wearing clothes. No, that's true. None of the people in this show. show are great at wearing clothes. So it's no. not really that surprising if somebody's going to look because, frankly, your girl's not really hiding anything. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, Tedros makes, you know, very obvious threat to him. And so at some point... Uh, he's picking out clothes for Joss, too. He's picking Tedros out clothes is. for Joss. And then he has her try on an outfit... Oh, so he kind of tries to nag her badly. Yeah. Uh, he tries to claim that she doesn't have any like fashion sense. She has no style. That's why he wants to pick out all these clothes for her. He and calls her. Uh, he call, or she calls him gay. Yes, she calls him gay. Uh, sorry to all the men out there who enjoy fashion and style and are not gay. Uh, it's generally thought of My as a gay thing trait. thing is, I've gotten the line before. Uh, I don't get as pissed as. Tedros does, but his masculinity is being challenged. Yeah, I mean, I he's never, obviously a very insecure man. Yeah, I never felt that. I mean, granted, I, what I think, and I didn't write it down, ultimately is that it's Hollywood. I wouldn't put it past him to be, his character, that is, to be on um, the kind of like, I'll do what I have to as long as I know it's going to get me further. I could be wrong, but I'll get to that in a, a couple of moments. Um, what I do have written down is, first of all, like, I thought it was really annoying that Tedros is choosing all the clothes for Joss. I mean, granted, you have a point. Joss doesn't really know how to dress because she doesn't. But it would just be so annoying for me, just a guy like that. And so, and to have a guy threaten you for just even making eye contact with your quote-unquote girl, that's, A, somebody very insecure. But, I mean, you should have been kicked in the nuts in terms of, uh, like, I would have done that. Like, don't fucking tell me what to wear and don't tell me not to look. Mm. That'll equalize any guy. Just kick him in the nuts. Good but advice for life, everyone. You might have been kind of high on that champagne, too. I mean, it's an expensive store. And expensive stores, you get free champagne. You get free this, free that. Because it's usually by reservation only. Those are stores you simply cannot go in and really? look around. Yep. Huh. Mm-hmm. No window shopping in Valentino. No. Literal window shopping. That's the most you can do. Oh, yeah. Valentino or any luxury store. Louis Vuitton. Well, I wouldn't uh, know Gucci. this. I don't buy luxury brands. Neither do I, but I'm I've attempted. I'm over here attempted. at Target and Kohl's shopping. Yeah, same here. But I've attempted to go into those places before, and they're very particular. Of uh, You don't have a reservation, can't come in. That's it. Have you been to Rodeo? No, no. I've never been, I'm, uh, but I've been to Gucci, Prada, um, uh, Ferragamo, Italy. Mm-hmm. When I went to Italy, because a couple of places, I mean, Ferragamo, of course, you're going to be have stores, not all over, but enough places. But a lot of the stores, they if they're true boutiques, they're going to be like, no, you can't afford to be here unless you have the reservation. Anywho, back to but the point the in thing, hand. The only uh, reason I'd say that is because, I mean, if he was getting drunk with champagne, like the whole time I was just thinking, fuck this guy. Like, I really can't stand He's Yeah, I mean, he is definitely, and I think the funny thing is like, it's not a good enough show to pull off love to hate either. Like, no. you literally just hate the guy. You don't love to hate him. You just hate him. That's it. Like, you really just wish he wasn't in the series. He accidentally gets hit by a bus at some point, and you're like, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Joss calls him gay, and in order to assert his masculinity, he bangs her from behind in the dressing room, uh, which I thought was kind of funny because it's like, well, if you're trying to say you're not gay, maybe you don't bang her from behind. But Yeah, and what happens is oh, that... Yeah. She puts the, and I have it written down here. I probably would have written it. I'd love maybe I'll put it in the article. I don't know. But um, I put that because he wants to come in her, obviously. His whole thing is, like, he's the type of guy where he's like, you don't say no to me. And well, that, yeah. That'll come into play a lot he's later. He's very possessive. That'll come and this little, is a good way to show he owns her. That's the thing. It'll come into play a lot later. Uh, at this point, like, the there's the coitus interruptus, the whole factor of that, and... Josh, uh, Josh immediately 
just pulls away and he complains about that that it hurts that she hurt him and i put that uh, she put the kibosh on his kebab nice she does but she does and she you does. know it's, i and then she sits and drinks champagne while he's in the room masturbating yeah while he's doing his which thing which i honestly thought he was going to he was going to expend on the wall. I really thought he was. I, and then he me, didn't, and but, I was really confused. But Yeah, and I saw it as I was noticing. Like, I'm pretty certain that he, his hands were full, literally. <laughs> and so he noticed the gar uh, garments on the wall, the Valentino garments that they were just trying on. Yes. It I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together. I mean, not that we needed any more reason to believe or reason to think that he was an asshole. Yeah. I mean, being the petty person that he is, obviously, he cleaned himself on the garments. Yeah. Um, now, throughout this whole opening part. Mm. So, uh, we continue with, while they're shopping and whatnot, Leia calls Haim. Yes, so throughout the whole Haim. opening Haim. sequence, uh, Leia's on the phone with Haim and inadvertently or she freaks along out. with but Destiny. But, I mean, ultimately, she's right to freak out because she's like... Um, like, this guy's taking over the whole house. So they're at the house because they think that he's literally, I guess, in the house. No, so some, I can't remember. I guess he says that it's Leia that texts him 911. Uh, so he's like, when you text 911, I go to the house. So uh, he went to the house because okay. that's why he asks her for the gun. Gotta go. He gets the gun out yeah. of the car because I guess he wants to, like, drive the guy away. So then once they get back to the house, mm -hmm. uh, Haim and Destiny talk to Tedros and it's a really weird interaction because it's a Kiana's Mas Macho. I thought at first, what? who is more macho? Oh. Because you see uh, Tedros and Leia and Joss rolling out, and they get out of the car, and immediately Tedros um, establishes or tries to establish, which is a stupid move to me. It dominates by, and he does this twice. He does it in the car when he's about to get out. And he does it while he's walking towards um, Heim. But he opens his, what is considered a jacket. It's more or less just a windbreaker. But he doesn't have anything under it. He's just bare chested. So I think he was doing that to establish, like, dude. Like, I mean, business. Yeah, Because when you have hair on your chest, I guess that's supposed to be a macho thing. Sure, why not? But Heim sees this. And he tries to match it because he brings out his star of David. Saying, oh, yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Because I think it's supposed to be like a Hollywood player move when it's kind of like, guess who runs this town? Mm. It's not you. It's right. It's, <laughs> Terrible move to play, maybe in this in this. But, day but the age, thing is that I this is the type of show where it'll go there. I mean, if you're willing yeah, to no, do 100%. an Epstein, Jews are known to run Hollywood, not the music industry. No, they're. I mean, is it, it all entertainment that they're supposedly behind? Supposedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but the thing is that it's a good profession to get into. Yeah, lucrative. The thing with that is that I thought only the gun, because he mentioned the gun earlier, thought the gun was going to come out. Apparently, no, it's just a dick wagging situation. And I always think whenever I say that, the other guys, where Michael Keaton's character. <sighs> Says to like whoever, like, shake your dicks, this pissing contest is over. <laughs> shake your dicks, boys. Yeah. This pissing contest is over. That's what it is, because it looked like they were sizing each other up. They do. Is... Uh, and then, you know, uh, Tedros pulls out uh, this name, Mark Evans. Mike Mike Dean. Mike, wow, I was way off. Mike Dean. Mike Dean. I don't I, know music, apologies. I, I don't know the name. But, but apparently, apparently he... he's a producer for... Kanye. 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 It was Kanye. Uh, which is interesting because Tedros, to me at some point, even before they said the Kanye thing, was seeming kind of like a Kanye proxy, only in the sense of he wants to control, like control what somebody wears. Kanye, at least with a couple of the people that he's been with, Kim, probably Julia Fox, possibly his new wife. I'm not too familiar because I haven't been on the Kanye bandwagon for a while so i don't know what his wife's like but he is married now uh but he used to control what they wore all the time so i was thinking maybe that the fact that they get a kanye producer which is not unheard of to have a producer for a producer because mm. kanye is a producer uh but the big thing that we start off with in the beginning of the episode itself which is what they want is they want three songs in two weeks. Yes. Which is a lot to ask. Um, ask anybody in the music industry. Song itself could be a while. Yeah. Um, I think music, more than anything else, actually is one of those industries where 
it's not unheard of to have an overnight success, to come up with a song out of nowhere, and to have a blow up the next day. Mm. Uh, you have blow up success with actresses and actors too, just the, that entertainment industry. But I want to say that it takes a little bit more time. All it takes is one second, uh, one record to get on the radio station. You could be a literal overnight success. Yeah. So, but I mean, some, sometimes really shitty songs take a long time. Yeah. So it's a crazy sort of challenge that they're putting to themselves. Now, if they did this, I don't remember them saying this in the first episode, but if they said this in the first episode, it would be a good jumping off, po- uh, jumping off point. Like three songs, two weeks, that gives us two weeks within five episodes so technically the only reason they have two weeks is because they said they would lo- like give him yeah yeah he basically begged for time yeah, yeah. That's why mm-hmm. you had that Eli Roth thing in the beginning mm-hmm. and that's why Haim kind of faked being in the studio with her yeah. earlier uh, then we get to more I mentioned there's also another second time that um, uh, I guess they're just in the in the house itself but um, Joss gets eaten out again. It's like, all right. And Leia's still in the room. She's still in the same damn room. Oh, no. This is out on the... Is it? No, it's, yeah, it's, it's outside. Yeah, it's like out by it's the outside, pool. But it's still at the house. Yeah, so. no, it's at the house. Um, but I, I, uh, meanwhile, that's happening. And Joss is getting whatever she's getting from Tedros. Um, Jenny Kim, who plays Diane. Diane? Diana? Diana. 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 Um, she's actually doing what Joss is supposed to be doing. She's at the music video shoot. She's yep. singing the background songs. Dancing, I singing. I wrote down, like, maybe she they're making her out to be an Asian Britney. So, again, I think this is, like, it's funny to me because when I, they saw, they, the, the way they set it up was, like, they sort of juxtaposed the two scenes. Like, mm. there's Tedros, you know, banging Joss, and then there's this other chick, you know, Josh over in a different way yeah and I'm kind of wondering if it's a situation where Tedros is distracting Joss Mm. so that he can build up this other girl that he already has in his clutches much harder than Joss because Joss has already proven that she's capable of saying no to him capable of pushing back against him which he doesn't like no Um, no we find that out very quickly but we know that Diana is in his pocket so I'm wondering if if he's doing this to kind of destroy Joss so that he can make Diana the star and then reap the benefits on that side of things. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Assuming the show is smart enough to do this, which again, I don't We're really good, want to give I mean, credit. Yeah. I mean, this is when we know. I do it's this with, a bad show. But I do this with movies, too. Um, it's easier to do with movies if it's a really shitty movie to create your own alternative plot to it. Something I, that would you know, be better. It's, it's sad because the show has decent bones. It, it mm-hmm. has potential. It's yeah. just super fucking wasted. It is. And it is. a large part of it is the Tedros and the weird character, sex cult sideline story. Yeah, the character, to me, it just... I get what they're going for. They're also, the show strength. does not trust its audience at all. No. Like, no. they it are spoon-feeding you yeah. everything. It throws everything in our face, which doesn't give us a big payoff in no. terms of anything. And, I mean, the biggest evidence of this is the climax of this episode, which is hilarious. We'll, we'll get to that uh, in a couple of minutes. I just wanted to say that, okay, so now we're back in the house right. after all this. We have Isaac, who's played by... I don't have his name right. I'm going to bring it up. Moses Sumney. Moses. Um, I'm thinking that he has an amazing American accent, which can only mean one thing. He's British. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, And Chloe, who's played by uh, Susanna Sun. Uh, She's at the piano with Joss, and I guess they're sort of spitballing songs and stuff. So Chloe and Joss bond. Joss tells Chloe about her mother and about how she misses her and about how she feels haunted in the house by her dead mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this leads into conversations about her mother. Yeah. Unless you want to wait and get to other things No, we're, we're, I, I still have like a couple more things. Going on, though, She her one-on-one with Chloe, Joss, um, kind of opening up. She's crying, although I don't know. Well, really, she does in this show I was going to say, I don't remember the second episode if she cried, but I wouldn't. She cries in every episode. And by the way, it's the same kind of crying every episode, too. It's always single, single tear, tear yeah. quiet as hell. You don't hear any quiver in the voice. She's just, you know, like pushing out tears. Yeah. Uh, but what I do have is that um, there's a one thing that Chloe says to Joss that 
kind of piqued my interest, which was because uh, Joss was lamenting that she's like, I don't really put anything personal in my song because I think that once I put stuff personal out, people are not going to be receptive to it, mm. which would be a big blow. Uh, Chloe says, why don't you just hide some like stuff in your song, subliminally? Like, only you know it. Like, do a lyric. Yeah. yeah, and that reminded me of I'm gonna. This is the second time I'm actually, or the, this is the first time, but I'm gonna mention mention one totally unrelated thing in a second, which is Phantom Thread. It reminded me of Phantom Thread because Reynolds Woodcock, and yes, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I mentioned to say this because oh, it never fails for you, Woodcock, to say <laughs> for the House of Woodcock. Oh God, that's even better. Uh, well, that's te- technically the fashion house. The that's old what House called. of Woodcock. Beware, splinters, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, too. I mean, come on. Oh, that's fair. But it is a fashion house. Uh, what Reynolds would do is he would, like, all this pain that he had in his life, he would, and all these secrets, he would sew in the linings and the little linings of garments. So, I mean, hence Phantom Thread. That's where you go from that. The, the even bigger uh, tether to Phantom Thread will come towards the end. Uh, but we do see Chloe, too. She actually crushed it on the piano, which was pretty cool. Uh, it's nice to know because I don't know her from anywhere, but I think that's what happened with Euphoria. With a lot of the breakout stars, they were not actors. Mm. They were just people that they found on the street saying, I like your look. Do you want to act? Yeah. So that's the interesting because I want to say Sydney Sweeney has not been in anything before Euphoria. And she's like one of the biggest breakout stars. So she's the one probably the most naked in Euphoria. Yeah. I would think. Um, but I was impressed with the piano playing. If that's truly her piano playing, I would not be surprised if Sam Levinson or the producers saw somebody playing piano and says, you have the look that we want. Do you want to act? Do you get to shine your talent too? That's pretty cool. And if that's her playing piano, that's really impressive. But I do, uh, also, I did note that Tedros talked to Xander. This is kind of a bigger thing that will play into the bigger picture uh, itself because I thought he was going to fire Xander as initially. Yeah, he's been really weird about Joss's actual entourage. So you know, obviously he got rid of Andres, but don't forget Xander's gay, so he's not a threat to Tedros in that sense. No, that's true. Like he only really gets rid of people that would, in his mind, be a threat to Joss or his dominance over Joss. No, which is partly why he doesn't like Leah, and he uses. Isaac. Isaac to distract her. That's true. And to control her in as mm-hmm. much as he can. Yeah. But uh, Xander, because last episode, we kind of found out that he's not exactly happy with Joss because Joss never listens to his ideas, even though he's the creative director. It's like, should be the other way around. Joss should be listening to him instead of him following Joss. Well, Xander's the one who makes the comment about, like, all the executives are the ones who actually get to make decisions. Uh, yeah. that's and that's true. why I said, like, yeah. that's one of the few smart things that the show says. Mm-hmm. But, again, you didn't have to say it. You could have just, you know, had it revealed in plots and all oh. this shit. So, with Xander, it's interesting. Xander complains about, like, yeah, I don't have any input creatively. Nobody listens to me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so Tedros gives him a shot. He says, so what would you do? Let me hear one of your ideas. And oddly enough, maybe it was some sort of prescience or just ESP or maybe I just think like crappy TV sometimes. But I knew that he was going to say, you know, the moment he said, like, you know, the leaked picture, I I automatically thought that he's going to say what I think he would have said. Which oh, yeah, was I guess make that one too. Album. Yeah, so this, it's not... It's not exciting if even we, the audience, could kind of picture the crazy twist that these characters propose. It's not exciting anymore at that no. point. Also, Sydney Sweeney has been in a lot of things. Oh, has she? Yeah. I'm not familiar with her. So. She is not solely from Euphoria. I know there was a guy that um, never been in any- anything, and I think he was a breakout star, but I don't remember his name because, again, I haven't really watched Euphoria. But... Uh, uh, it is Tedros that kind of, I think, wins Xander over. And I'm not going to say it's because of Coke. He does offer him Coke, untainted Coke. Uh, and I'm sure he took it. But we go back and forth between him and Chloe, Isaac, and the whole group of the whole family. I really, the amount of times they didn't say it a whole lot in this episode, but the amount of times they do say family, I wanted to keep an actual record. 
to see if they say it from five episodes, one through five, more than all of the Fast and Furious movies. That'd be funny. I don't think it will. Nice. Uh, but Isaac, we see Isaac sing. Has he sung before? I don't remember. Yes. I like his voice. He's sung before. No, he has a very nice voice. I, I mean, he says in the... The second episode, I think it is, that um, Tedros found him at a church choir. Church choir. And that's when he signed him. He reminds me a lot of... Because that's when Leia's like, signed you to what? And then he's like, oh, his label. Yeah. And she finds out that he has a label. Uh, It sounds to me a lot like Maxwell. You don't remember. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of I know of Maxwell, but I wouldn't know songs by Maxwell. Or D'Angelo. He sounds a lot like D'Angelo, which... I, I'm not complaining. I, that was one of my favorite parts of the episode, just to hear him sing, honestly. Uh, and he asked Joss to collab with him to sing, because Joss really liked it. And she says no. And that's when I find out the rule of no, or Tedros' rule of no. Ah, uh, yes. Which, if you want to explain. So, Tedros believes that you should never say no to an opportunity, because even if the experience is bad... You will get something from it. You learn. It artistically, you'll, oh, you'll, yeah. You'll artistically, you may be able to get something. Which, so they bring up the example of somebody's dead kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mentioned Peter another Gabriel person. Gabriel or somebody? No. Uh, Robert, Robert Plant. Oh, that's why the it sounded singer, familiar. lead singer of Led Zeppelin. There we go. I did not know this, but apparently All My Love was, uh, it was written for his five-year-old dead son. Uh, Eric Clapton had a baby. A baby. Fell through a window. It's a baby. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to bring up Tears the Eric Clapton thing. No, because Eric Clapton's not... I mean, Eric Clapton's rock and roll. Tears in Heaven's not rock and roll. Robert Plant is rock and roll through and through. Not only is it rock and roll through and through, but it's sexual rock and roll. He was considered like one of the biggest sex symbols in the 70s, what? period. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. He had, he, had, he had an armadillo in his trousers. that he would like, Because it was the 70s. It was tight pants, so he was legendarily... Known for all of his exploits. Wait, I thought Robert Plant was the Pink Floyd guy. No, Robert Plant's Led Zeppelin. God damn it. Roger Waters is Pink Floyd. Oh, there you go. All of them. Uh, but, yeah, I kind of like this sentiment. I. It's not the greatest sentiment, but I do like it, actually. I kind of knew where they were going with this, too, because I thought the longest time as a writer and just somebody who's artistic in general let life's experience, good, bad, and hopefully not indifferent, shape your art i mean i like joss's comment where she's like i'm sure if he had to choose he would yeah. pick his son over the song yeah but, my, but then their argument is yeah, that's, but that song probably saved somebody's life mm-hmm. and it's like yeah but somebody else's song could probably save someone's but, life yeah, they sort of double down on that too and the saving somebody's life thing i don't really give a shit about it's what they double down on that actually for me uh i mean it's obviously something that uh it's not the healthiest attitude, but the attitude of my output is worth more than anything else. Mm. That's their whole thing, artistically. It's like, so what if your son died? Like, you have a song that will live forever. Your son's still going to die at some point, even if he didn't die at five. It's a fucked up mentality. It's not the greatest It's not mentality. the healthiest, but I get it. I completely get it. Um, and also, I did mark down, too, uh, because Joss does see the power of... Where she kind of sees the power of yes, and she's like, okay, Tedros like loves the power of yes too. There's this, it's intoxicating for other people because she gets Isaac to kiss Ramsey. I think her name is. Ah yes, but then we find out the limits of the power of yes. That's the thing. Because you can have the power of yes as long as it's on Tedros's conditions. Yeah. So when Joss says like to Isaac, "Would you kiss me?" Then that's when he kind of balks and he says, "I knew that would probably not be a good idea." Because she asks him to kiss someone else, he does it, and then she's like, "Well, what if Leia was in the room?" And he's like, "Well, I'd still do it." Yeah. But yeah, when she mentions herself, then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, we can't do that." Uh, and it's interesting. I actually did another little tether um, to another movie, too. Uh, I don't know if this is on purpose. It could be. But first of all, Tedros, um, he's uh, he's talking to Xander. Is it Yes Day? Yes Day. <laughs> it's always Yes Day. And then it's, it's Yes Day. And then it's Legs Day. No, I mean Yes Day. Yes Day is a movie with uh, Jennifer Garner, and I don't remember who else. I don't remember. I never saw it. I know you're talking about Yeah. But um, when he's talking to Xander... And he says uh, something about carte blanche. 
And he specifically oh, says... Oh, yes! He so, fucks up carte blanche, yeah, which I so thought was amazing. That reminds and me... And for some reason, Xander doesn't call him out on it. But they, you could see, if you notice, Xander notices. Oh, he notices, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that reminds me, in Jackie Brown, which is still, to me, Tarantino's best movie ever. But, wow. So yeah, I will st- stand by that wholeheartedly. <sighs> but in the movie, uh, Samuel L. Jackson plays a dude named Ordell Roby. R-O-B-B-I-E. So I'm just going to say this really quickly, but I just liken Ordell Roby to Tedros in terms of they both are kind of dumb, even though they think they're more than what they are, and they both have rat tails. Yes. Clean. Which may or may not be rat tails. Which may or may not be rat tails, but now they're at the dinner table. And the dinner table, Norton. Oh, yeah. So the dinner table uh, eventually... Uh, Sorry, before you get to that, um, there was something that you sort of skipped, so I'm just going to inject it really quickly. Is this the limits of the power table or the dinner table? At the dinner table. table. Is, uh, so, Tedros is already kind of imposing. We do see Joss kind of make a dedication, a little toast to her mother and whatnot, but Tedros is really annoying. He keeps sort of needling on Joss to expose stuff, but this is only after uh, he talks about Xander. Now, I thought he was going to get Xander fired because he's like, Xander had a good idea today. Xander's like, no, don't put me in this position. I thought he was going to sort of have him out himself Mm. of the group by saying his idea of using the leaked image as an album cover. Everybody seems to be into it, everybody except for Leia. Well, Joss isn't really that like a fan of it either. She isn't, I mean, but she as seems much like she... to be taking in tribe because her whole thing is Leia's like, well, there are girls that look up to you. And she's like, they've probably already seen it. Yeah, but so, when push comes to shove, Joss is against the idea. And she yeah, finds she is, the she image is. to be kind of traumatizing. Mm-hmm. And that's when Tedros that sort of really pushes up against her because he's like, well, you know, what's wrong with that? Open up the like, dark. What's wrong with trauma? That's yeah. his whole thing. And she's like, I don't feel like it Let's right get into now. that trauma. I thought, personally, I, I'm i glad it didn't go into this territory yet, at least. Um, It'll get there, I'm sure. But uh, I thought she was, when she said, like, I don't want to talk about it, I thought it was going to be, like, a sexually abusive parent or something to that effect. Because I'm like, uh, you really want to go dark, that's where you go. No, she they went classic, quote-unquote, momager, like, helicopter, not... No, that would be different. Not helicopter. helicopter parents, like just for safety of kids, good old right? fashioned abusive yeah, parenting, abusive um, mom manager. Mom and this parent. this whole explanation of her mother kind of reminds me of Jeanette McCurdy, mm. who came out with a book last year, or the year before, that was called "I'm Glad My Mother Died," mm. uh, and it was basically about her career as a child star on the show iCarly, and about how she didn't want to be an actress. Her mom forced her into it, and her mom, you know, especially some of the things Joss says. Joss says her mom would beat her if mm. she ate too much, if she didn't exercise, if she smiled at herself, if yeah. she, you know, if there's all these weird little things that her mother kind of controlled about her. Yeah. And when you go through Jeanette's uh, tale of, like, what it was like growing up with her mother, you get the same sense that her mother had this enmeshment mm. with her. Yeah. Um, and enmeshment is a very unhealthy uh, bond between an adult, a parent, and a child to the point where... The adult doesn't understand the boundaries between themselves and the child. So it's like if I could think of another show to peg it to, not another show, but um, maybe like The Queen's Gambit. Would that be kind of like the enmeshing? Because her mom's not exactly abusive, but she doesn't know the limits of mom-daughter. She's more like her daughter's friend than anything else. (laughs) Enmeshment is more like you feel like you own the other person you feel like you are the other person so you have a right to their life you have a Uh, right to the things they do like Jeanette would literally say that her mother would do these checks on her her mother would you know she didn't go to a gynecologist until she was like a certain age you know Uh, her mother would shower her and wash her hair well into her teens like it's creepy yeah very bad um and her mother was also very entitled about like what she felt she was owed by her daughter Mm -hmm. because it's her she was the one who made her daughter a success yeah, in her yeah, mind. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I feel like Joss's mother is kind of the same. Like, Joss's mother has this mentality of, like, yes, I beat you, but I do it for reason. Like, I do it because yeah. I'm trying to get the best out of you. Which Tedros, I feel like, kind of has that mentality, too, of, like, if I'm going to abuse you, I'm going to do it because, in my mind, I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. I'm bringing this out of you. 
Um, and at the end of the day, we find out that the, the weapon of choice that her mother used against her was a hairbrush yeah. that she still has, and we've seen throughout the episode here and there. And the climax of the episode is that Tedros decides that she's going to exercise her demons through the hairbrush uh, by oh, having yeah. the hairdress sh- or the hairbrush shoved up her Whatever some part of her. Office. It's either yeah, it's either the anus or the yeah. vag. We don't know which one. Uh, Assumedly, I'm going to go with the vag only because I feel like he'd be afraid of being called gay if he goes for the back door. I don't. Maybe he seems like one of those guys. But anyway, she cries. It's only we only we don't even see it happen. We see like the the implication of it happening. However, we mostly see her sort of after it. So you see her in the tub with Tedros. You see him brushing her hair with it. Mm. You see him, like, helping her get dressed, helping her take a shower. Like, at this point, she's now, like, he's now her mother is what this yeah. has happened. Yeah. Um, and that's a very dangerous transition. Of course. It also reminds me of going back to the second Phantom Thread thread. <laughs> Partly why Phantom Thread or Reynolds in Phantom Thread is... At some point, the movie Down and Out is because he is blocked. He's artistically blocked. Uh, he has the death of, it, I believe, his mother. Yeah, his mother, because his sister is still alive. She's still in the movie. But the death of his mother does affect him. I mean, it's not like she just up and dies. She's been dead. She's been dead for a while. But the thing is that uh, just one of those things that haunts him. Like a lot of serious art movies, more so in movies. I don't see as much in TV because TV has space to breathe. But with movies, a lot of um, these more serious ones are the death of a parent and makes it mysterious if you don't know what the parent did to you or if the parent was close or anything until it comes out in story. That's mm. the whole point of it. Yeah. But um, Like we learned today that Joss's mom died of cancer. Yeah. And chemo. or heart disease. Like that's two. her whole thing. She basically beat her until she was uh, too Oh, yeah, too weak the chemo was her. too weak to beat her, yeah. yeah. So uh, was cancer. Which, again, I feel for Joss in the episode, but <laughs> like all just... It's hard to care. It's hard to care for anybody. It's very hard uh, to care. I like if I had to... Br- bring out some people that I actually liked in the episode. Still like Eli Roth. Still think that he plays a great... He always plays a great douche. Yeah, he's pretty funny. Um, I like Hank Azaria. I mean, he's starting to grow on me a little bit. I like Destiny. I mean, they're both her managers, so to me, the only parents in her life should be those two. Actually, yeah, it is. I was thinking that when that scene happened, when they came over to assess Tedros, that it was was almost like mom and dad have come home to check out the new boy. I noticed that too. Especially when they go to Leia and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I like him. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that can't be right. And then they sit in the car and they're like, ah, Mm -hmm. shit. Like, we need to fix this. So towards the end, too, because we're going to wrap this up in a a minute or two, uh, I did notice that when the talk of her mother and the abuse that she endured, Tedros, he singles out Leia and Xander because he's like, where were you guys? Oh, yeah. Like, how come you didn't do anything about this? this? Why didn't anyone protect her? Why didn't anyone stop this? And at the very end... And I mean, that's one of those things where it's like a lot of people make that observation, but you don't know what it's like when you're in it. And plus, again, it's this show having this weird dichotomy of like, oh, we're going to censure all the all the capitalistic vultures that take advantage of this poor teen idol. But at the same time, it's like, what is Tedros doing? It's true. Uh, The only other thing that I've written down is towards the end. I don't know if the beginning where we have a weekend song, but towards the end, it's definitely a weekend song. And in both songs, because I always watch these things with the... Closed caption. Hmm. Only TV TV shows more more so than anything else because sometimes the audio is crappy. So I you want to know when I you. Them. I like reading. I'm not a big fan if I can understand the language because mm. it just takes away from the visual of it. Yeah. But I do like reading too. The one thing I noticed in the lyrics, songs the end and the song towards the beginning, is that they're so full of exposition. It's ridiculous. Like even if you didn't know what was going on in the whole episode, wait till the last song. And then like, pay attention to the lyrics. You didn't have to watch the episode. All you have to do is listen to the song. It was just that bad. Yeah. It was a good song. I like the song, but... I mean, in fairness to The weekend, that's always been his brand. Like, he's not that's a mysterious true. singer. No, it's You true. know, you get what he's trying to say in his songs. And uh, I guess this is kind of evidence of, like, this is as creative as I can be. I'm just going to throw everything at you in exposition. I'm going to make it weird and quote-unquote psychosexual. 
and you're going to hate it. No, I'm going to be not, I mean, I'm still going to be petty, but I'm not going to be as petty as I was the first or second, second episode. I just really didn't, I, for, I was remiss in giving it a grade. So for me, out of five stars, this episode's probably, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a one star. I will also give this episode a one star. There were a few little bright points that I enjoy. There's a few things that Anything I that like pops about it. Out in mind or just um, like... Again, like I said, some of the critiques that they make about the music industry, mm. uh, again, the whole capitalistic vulture thing, the weird dichotomy that they're trying and failing at, mm. and, you know, even the little bit of pop psychology that you get into is, is somewhat okay. Yeah. I will say that I think Haim and Destiny... Um, and to a smaller degree, Leah are my favorite characters in this episode. They seem like the ones that have the most uh, brains. They do. Like, Xander's just desperate for love and attention. So. I think, I mean, the, I marked it down too, but Xander seemed so much at the dinner table about, um, about Tedros. That I'm like, what, Tedros suck his cock or something like that? He seemed I really, like really, yeah. really, or was it that he was so high on cocaine? You know, I honestly, that... I did read a review of this show, and it made a good point of, like, we don't know what exactly is so attractive about Tedros as a person. I don't get it. I and get it I have to agree. Like, we've been shown no evidence that he has this weird magnetic personality. No. But again, this is a show about tell and not show, it so it can't. But the thing is that... Like, the, the power of yes is as close as we get. And can, even that, it's like, he limits it. Yeah. Like, you can get real slimy and still, for me, be a good show. And I will even cite, like, one more show, and this is what I'm going to end on, personally. Um, so, before I continue, what uh, out of five stars, what would you give us? You said one, one star. So, collectively, we give it a two star, so it's a two star episode. I don't think it's going to go above three stars for the oh, next two episodes. I don't see it now. Um, I don't see that happening. But I had a thought, and then you said you wanted to tie it to another show. Oh yeah, so dealing with like sliminess of the industry and everything like that, not nearly as risque, but I think a lot better done. It's a show that's completed since completed, but um, unreal. When you think about like the sliminess of an entertainment industry, yes, they did a lot of dirty yeah. shit in that, and especially was, the the many hands of producers. And it was real. Like the thing is, the acting was really good. Yes, with this because the acting all around is so so. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it just overall so so. It's alright. Um, I don't give a shit about any of the characters. No. So if you do something slimy in the episode, I'm not gonna care. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, okay. Yeah. So we both give it two. Uh, is Norton out? Norton's out. Jasky's out as well. And we'll see you again. Fourth episode. Two more left. So the pen- penultimate episode.